so we have another story today where the idea was given to me by my mom. It's so funny how she's always sending me these messages that says, this would be good for your podcast. It's funny, but it's kind of cool, too, that the family has gotten involved like this. So the story that she sent us today is the story about a woman from the UK by the name of Ruth Ellis. Hey y'all and welcome back to another fun episode of Mystery, Murder, and Magic. I'm your host Andrea and Alex is with us again today. Yay. I have nothing else to say. He's so weird. Okay, so more than 65 years ago, Ruth Ellis became the very last woman to be executed by hanging in Britain. Ruth was born on October the 9th, 1926 in North Wales. She was the fifth of six children. She attended a girl's school until she was 14 when she left that to become a waitress. When she was 17, she became pregnant with a married man, um... With her, with his baby, he was a Canadian soldier. Then a few years later, she became um, a hostess of a nightclub and a nude model. The owner of the club blackmailed his hostess employees into sleeping with him. But by but by 1950, Ruth was a full-time prostitute. When she became pregnant by one of her regular clients, she illeg. illegally terminated the pregnancy and returned to work as quickly as she could after that. Near the end of 1950, Ruth married a divorced dentist, but he was an alcoholic who was jealous and possessive, and he often accused Ruth of having affairs. He was a regular at a club that she worked at, so it's not like he didn't know what her occupation was. And when she became pregnant, he denied that the baby girl was his. When she was four months pregnant, she starred in a film called Lady Godiva Rides Again. Now, I thought that was probably a porno or something like that, <laughs> so I googled it, but it's not. <laughs> what do you think? Of course. But once the baby was born, the couple divorced, and she and the baby moved in with her parents. And so soon after that, she went back to work as a sex worker to make ends meet. Yeah. In 1953, Ruth became the manager of a club named The Little Club. Ruth was lavish with expensive gifts and became friends with a few celebrities. There was one particular admirer that caught her eye, though. His name was David Blakely. Blakely was an alcoholic and a race car driver. Good they had, uh, Yeah, I know. Good combination, right? Yeah, <laughs> an alcoholic race car driver. Whee! Um, they had a really tumultuous relationship, though. Um, Blakely was, at the time, engaged to another woman when he moved into Ruth's flat above the um, club. So he was engaged to one woman and moved in with a different one. Family matters, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Ruth soon became pregnant for the fourth time, but she aborted this baby because she felt she couldn't commit to the relationship that Blakely wanted. Now, she felt like she couldn't commit, but yet... I think he was the one with commitment issues, too, because, like, here he is living with somebody and engaged to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Now, even though Ruth started seeing, 
okay, I guess they all had commitment issues because <laughs> soon after that, she started seeing a gentleman by the name of Desmond Cousin or Cousin. I don't know. Um, she continued to carry on her affair with David Blakely, though. And actually, both she and Blakely were seeing other people, and this escalated the violence in their relationship. I, I know, right? It's just like a twisted... It never ends. It's more than a love triangle. I don't even know what shape Polygon, we're in right now. Not polygon. Octagon. It's probably a hippolopodobitus. I agree with that word. <laughs> what does that word mean? I don't know. <laughs> I just made it up. Blah, blah, blah. At one point in 1955, Blakely proposed to Ruth, and she said yes. But she later ended that relationship. Of course she did. When he punched her in the stomach during an argument, and that caused her to miscarry the baby she was pregnant with at that time. On Easter morning, which was April 10th, 1955, Ruth took a taxi from the home that she still shared with Cousin to a home that she suspected that Blakely was probably at. When the taxi pulled up to the address, though, Blakely's car drove off, so she paid the driver, and she walked a quarter mile to where she found his car parked. Now, she must have been, like, hanging out there all day, because it skips to 9.30 that night. Mm -hmm. Blakely and a friend came out of the public house where his car was parked and walked right by Ruth. He didn't even acknowledge her. Well, while he searched for his keys... She took out a thirty-eight caliber Winston, Winston, Smith and Wesson, y'all, I ain't right today, from her, from her purse, and she fired a shot at him. Well, this first shot, it missed him, but she followed him around the car and fired again. This one hit him, and he collapsed onto the street, but she wasn't finished. Okay, listen to this. She stood over him. And fired three more shots into him. Oh my God. When she fired the last round, it ricocheted off the pavement. And it injured a person that was walking close by. Wow. I know. Right. Now, after that, they say she appeared to be in shock. And she asked the friend who was with him to call the police. When she was arrested by an off-duty officer who was nearby... She said, I am guilty. I'm a little confused. <laughs> the bullets had struck Blakely's intestines, liver, lung, aorta, and trachea. Yeah. Um, one of the bullets was fired from such a close range that it left like gunpowder burns on his skin. At the police station, she made an elaborate confession and was charged with murder. After two exams, she was cleared of any mental illness. On June 20th, 1955, she appeared in the number one court, and boy did she make an appearance. She was wearing a black suit with a white silk blouse. Her hair had been freshly bleached and styled. This it made her lawyer, her defense attorney, angry because... She's looking like a, a celebrity and not like, you know, like she wasn't like feeling remorseful or looked like she wasn't feeling remorseful. Yeah. But even though that made him mad, she never did anything like to change it up. She just kept like styling and profiling. Now, the only question that the prosecutor asked her when he had her on the stand was, 
When you fired the revolver at close range into the body of David Blakely, what did you intend to do? Now, what she answered with kind of sealed her fate. She said, It's obvious when I shot him, I intended to kill him. Who gets on the stand and is like, I'm just killing I did what I did. I said what I, I said. <laughs> I do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> The jury came back in 20 minutes to convict her of murder. I mean, there's not much to think on there, right? No, she didn't do it all the time. Now, even though Ruth didn't want to fight the verdict, I mean, I don't know why she would put up a fight after she done told him that she did it. You know? (laughs) Her attorney filed a seven-page letter to the home secretary asking for a reprieve, but it was denied. She had a wonder. Yeah, right, Ruth basically fired her attorney and asked to speak with an attorney whose firm had previously represented her in her divorce. On the day before her execution, she told her attorney that she wanted to make a will. Once he was there, he pressed her for like the entire story of what happened the day that she shot Mr. Blakely. She told him that she and the other guy, Mr. Cousin, had been drinking most of the weekend and it was him that had given her the gun she used to kill Blakely. And you know what? He had even taken her to practice shooting the gun. Well, I mean, two of those bullets missed him. I mean, he didn't tra- he didn't train her too good because, like, one missed Mr. Blakely and the other one ricocheted and hit somebody else. Good, I don't know good. why I laughed because that's not funny. Not. <laughs> um, What's that? Even with this new evidence, it didn't help Ruth at all, and even showed that the murder was premeditated. Before her execution, Ruth sent a letter to his parents, the man that she shot, Mr. Blakely, his parents, Mm -hmm. saying that she had always loved their son and would die loving him. Just before 9 in the morning on July the 13th, the executioner and his assistant took Ruth from her cell to the execution room where she was hanged. She was buried. Now, I'm going to tell you from here, which has already been sad enough because there's a lot of craziness in that story. It gets even sadder, okay? okay? She was buried in an unmarked grave at the prison, but her remains were later relocated to a churchyard of St. Mary's Church. I think I read that they were, like, tearing down the prison to build a new prison. And they were, like, the women's graves that were there at that prison... They dug them up and, like, um, relocated all of them. Mm. Now, her son, um, his name was Andy. He, um, and he was the first one that she had had, the one that she had when she moved back in with her parents. Um, he wanted, he wanted her to be buried next to Blakely. Um, wherever he had been buried after she murdered him, but the vicar of that church wouldn't allow it. But um, her headstone, when she was buried at the church that she was buried at, read Ruth Hornby, 1926 to 1955. So she was like like 29 years old, just a year older than your sister when I when she did all this. Oh my God. I know, but it was later destroyed by her son. I don't know, it didn't say why, but. Um, 
Now, he was young when that happened, and but I, I really think that it probably just mentally did something to him because he killed himself in 1982. And an interesting fact about this is that Andy had wanted his mother, like I said, to be buried next to Blakely. But, like I said, they wouldn't allow it. And he was only 10 when his mother was executed. But he was later diagnosed with schizophrenia as a young man. And he could just never come to terms with the loss of his mama. So, then we have Desmond cussing, Becky Cousin or whatever. Because, you know, she tried to, like, point the finger at him and say that he gave her the gun and taught her how to, to shoot it. Well, they never brought charges against him. Um... He, he later immigrated to Australia and opened a flower shop. He never got married, and he became an alcoholic. Oh, God. Yeah, he died on May the 8th, 1991, from pneumonia and organ failure after he fell in his home and fractured his neck. Mm-hmm. Now, this leads me to the question of was Ruth telling the truth about Cousin giving her the gun? I mean, was this something he had put in her head, or was this some kind of, like, last-ditch effort to take him down with her? And if this is true, like what she said, why on earth did she wait until the day before her execution to tell anybody, you know? Um, my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, was that she went after Blakely because he made her miscarry the baby that she was pregnant with, and it was kind of like revenge for her. Yeah. Now, she had a surviving daughter by the name Georgina, or Georgina. Um, she became a successful model, married and had children. She also worked very hard to win a posthumous pardon for Ruth, but sadly, she passed away of cancer when she was only 50 years old. See, I mean, it's just like one tragedy after another, yeah. you know, surrounding that family. Now, several books and a movie have been put out about these events. So, I think I'm going to, you know, later get on Hulu and see what I can find. But to me, until Mom sent me the the idea for this story, I had never even heard of her or what she did or that she was the last person or the last woman to be executed by hanging. Yeah. Um, But, now, like I said, these are strictly just my opinions. But this is what I really feel like happened with this whole thing. I feel like since she started out at a young age, like being treated horribly by men and working in the sex industry and that type of thing, that's just what she expected and thought she deserved. I'm not saying that she was lying about Cousin's involvement in that murder, but because I wasn't there, so I really honestly don't know. But I feel like... He was probably the only decent man she had probably ever had in her life. And maybe she wanted to bring him down with her. Because just from what I know from my 49 years on earth, women are funny about how they treat the men that are actually good to them. Like, the better a guy treats some women, the worse they are to them. They just push them away or are bad to them or whatever. And as far as her feeling Blakely with lead, like when she shot him, I think she was angry with him because he caused her to lose that baby that she was pregnant with. And it added insult to injury when he went and talked to her. Because she, the night before she shot him, I read that she had went to, she had been told that he was at somebody's house. And she went there, made a big scene, and he went and talked to her. So I felt like it embarrassed her. So, um, she, you know, hunted him down the next day. Now, him not talking to her, but when she went to talk to him at that house, probably just fueled her fire, you know? Yeah, probably um, did. 
I do believe that she did love him, but it was probably one of those loves of, if I can't have you, no one can have you either. You know, nobody else can. And sadly, there's a lot of relationships out there like that. I'm not saying that it's right, but, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of that. But, um, yeah, that's a story I had never even heard of before, and I just thought it'd be cool to share here. Um, Alex, you had never heard of the name Ruth Ellis or what she did or anything like that? And after hearing that, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's really crazy. It really is. I, I don't know um, how that escaped me because I watched so much of the ID channel, and I've never seen that name come up before. I mean, on one hand, I feel like one time it may have been one of the little mini parts of um, Deadly Women, I think is the name of the show. Yeah. But those short stories are so short, so I guess it just, I, I don't, I can't swear for, you know, to a fact that, that they really um, ever did this as an episode. But that's really all I got for this week. You have anything to add, Alexander? Ugh, I don't think I do. Just that was just hearing that, like wow, <laughs> and everything. That's what I, I've done what to say. I agree. I, I don't even know what to say on it myself. Well, that's all we've got. You know, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com/slash3mpodcast. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's 3mpodcast3 at gmail.com. And you know. Tell your friends about us, because we're, we're trying to we're get cool. our name out there. Yeah, we're cool people. We're cool cats. We're cool. But thanks for listening, y'all.